The Free For All Roundtable. Round one. On round one today, Matt Gurney is here, journalist, co-founder of the online magazine called The Line. Sabrina Nanji from Queen's Park Observer. John Burnside is a Toronto City Councillor and the chair of the TTC. I'm going to let the others set the table first in this outrageous crime that has happened in our city and then turn to you, John. I realize you're not responsible for somebody getting murdered on the TTC, but you're going to be the point man. Sabrina Nanji, let me start with you. 16-year-old boy sitting at Keel Station on a Saturday evening, minding his own business. Guy comes up, stabs him three times in the chest, kills him. That guy has been arrested. Uh, he is alleged to be a 22-year-old uh, homeless person. And I just, I, I phrased it in the menu this morning, or the agenda this morning, as city reaches breaking point with murder of 16-year-old, because I, I think a lot of people are going to snap today. Yeah, this is absolutely devastating. And everyone in this city should be, uh, as you said, you know, outraged at this. I mean, my my heart is broken just reading uh, what what this teenager's mother had to say. You know, he was loved. Uh, he had dreams. It's just absolutely devastating. And I think when something this shocking happens, there's all this talk about what are we going to do? Um, and this has been going on for some time. And so I think and, you know, I, I know John's about to, to speak about it, too, but I think that we need more than just, you know, the thoughts and prayers soundbite whenever something like this happens. And we need something tangible because obviously, you know, what's happening so far uh, in, in terms of when we had those extra extra cops on uh, uh, on the TTC to deal with this, which we don't have anymore. I mean, I don't know if that was just a Band-Aid solution, but clearly there is something bigger happening here and, and we need some uh, long term solutions to it. Matt Gurney, when Scott Reed was on the morning brief at 620, he said, that's it. My kids don't run the subway anymore they don't use transit mine are not old enough yet that they'd be riding it by themselves but they would often ride it with me and in the last few months i've been thinking about it every time i've been on a on a subway on a bus with my kids going to a leafs game running some errands i've been thinking about this and i've had my head on a swivel looking around uh trying to eyeball anyone who may be a threat and i've also noticed other people on the ttc behaving differently as well for the first time in my life uh, a month or two ago i was coming back from downtown and people were actually having honest to god conversations with themselves and each other about who was going to watch who's back it was kind of like a, forming a little a phalanx where everybody was kind of like okay well like, no one turned their back to the crowd right we're going to form a protective ring and look around themselves and that was new what jumped out at me about this latest killing was that the family of uh, the boy who was murdered had come to Canada from uh, from Brazil, and they had come to Toronto specifically to find safety from street violence, where they had chosen Toronto as a place where they could come and be safe and to start a family and not have to worry about this. I'm, I'm curious to hear what the councillor has to say, but in, in my own opinion, there is no immediate solution to this. This is a problem we can dig our way out of eventually, but it's going to take a long, long time, and we're just going to have to live with it in that time. John Burnside, I read the mayor's or the deputy mayor's statement out a short while ago and observed of it. It just seems to be lacking in urgency and lacking in anger that I think is necessary this morning. 
Yeah, and unfortunately, I think sometimes politicians especially get desensitized desensitized to tragedy that people um, face, and this is exactly that situation. Um, but to Matt's point, it's not a quick uh, fix. First off, we um, need to recognize, and I think most people now do, that the problems on the TTC are the problems in the city that have migrated onto the TTC. First off, TTC is not a social service agency. It shouldn't be used as one. Uh, so how do we fix that? First of all, we need a comprehensive plan. The TTC moves people around. They're not a security agency. We need someone, and I'm going to be really pushing Rick Leary on this, to come in, look at it from a holistic standpoint, look at all the various aspects, someone that has the knowledge, not just from a policing perspective, but from every perspective. Right now, it seems to be a lot of Band-Aids here and a lot of Band-Aids there. Um, and we need all, all three levels of government to uh, participate, like the federal government. We can go on about how they're not paying their fair share. A third of our shelter system are refugees. Well, forget the money. And Mayor Tory made this point in the meeting, and it's kind of it struck me. We don't have the shelters, so if we don't have the shelters of the people to run the shelters, we have a lot of homeless, other homeless folks with many with mental illness wandering the streets. They don't get supervision. We have no idea what they're up to. Um, I remember working in the encampments, and this is a small percentage, but you could go into a, a tent of an individual, and they might have ten or fifteen kitchen knives. They don't have a kitchen. You know, what do they have 10 or 15 knives for? There's a whole other world going on, and when people are just left to wander around um, and to fill their time on the TTC, these things are going to happen, and it's unacceptable. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to press you a bit, though, because you're a city councillor and the chair of the TTC. Um, the things you're talking about are medium and long-term solutions. I think we need something to happen by, like, noon today in order to preserve some level of safety, not only on the TTC, but in our city. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, everyone will then look towards the police, which I am going to do. I'm, you know, I've already reached out to Rick Leary. I was away for a few days and I reached out to him last night and we'll hopefully have a conversation with the chief. The problem on the police perspective, though, is, um, you know, you probably need to really um, police the system in a, in a really effective way, 500 officers, not 80. 80 helps, it's in key locations, but we really, and the police don't have the ability to ramp up because we've cut them back right to the bone and so we don't have the capacity. That said, absolutely, we need to, to get the, the police, um, we need to get them uh, engaged right on the front line. As a um, preface to our next discussion, which is about the first poll of who Torontonians are inclined to vote for in the mayoralty race, um, we asked Mark Saunders, you know, we asked Mark Saunders for a statement on this. Any other candidate is welcome to supply one as well. This child was simply sitting there. Our city is starting to normalize crime and disorder. We're no longer surprised to hear of random acts of violence on our streets and subways. This isn't about just adding more police. Yes, police absolutely play a critical role. But I, we don't start to really get at the root of the crime. It's going to continue to be a Band-Aid solution. I'm not going to stop speaking about this as a father, as a former police chief. The, there are things we can do, we must do at City Hall to turn the tide. This becomes, sad to observe, I guess, uh, somewhat of an advantage, I think, for Mark Saunders because he was first out of the gate to say that crime and disorder were at the top of his list. Um, Sabrina and Angie, I'll start with you on this. The poll, and poll are for dogs, as John Diefenbaker said, but still. Uh, the number one contender isn't even in the race. It's Olivia Chow. Number two is Mark Saunders. Number three is the guy who at the moment is the lonely figure on the left uh, running for mayor as a declared candidate, Josh Matlow. What do you think? 
Uh, I, I think this is comes down to name recognition. I mean, it's early days yet. Uh, there's a lot of potential people there. Uh, I know I'm waiting on Mitzi Hunter to resign her seat at Queen's Park any any day now. Uh, we're hearing it's going to be this week. But I think that's kind of what, what it, that this poll is about in the early stages. Uh, you know, obviously, there's a lot of name recognition for Olivia Chow and Mark Saunders. Uh, I think, you know, we were just talking about safety on the TTC. Like, you want to talk about a potential wedge issue. I think this could give Mark Saunders a bit of a leg up. Uh, so, you know, good on him for for being the first to kind of speak out about this. But I think at the end of the day, you know, I, I am happy that we are having these conversations because when we usually vote for mayor of Toronto, it's like 20 people on a ballot, all these trustees, councillors, and now we can kind of just focus on who is going to be the mayor because obviously, uh, you know, we're dealing with all of these, these issues. And, and don't forget, you know, I've always got my Queen's Park hat on. Um, a lot of these funds that could, you know, help solve some of these issues that we're talking about, you know, could could come from Queen's Park. We didn't see anything in the, the last budget last week for Toronto, you know, uh, but who's to say, you know, what could come down the line as we get closer to an election at Queen's Park? I'm sure the Ford government will want to keep municipalities happy. And don't forget, you know, Ford has a lot of people backing Saunders in particular, you know, uh, Ford's camp. A lot of people that helped Ford get elected uh, are also working on on Team Saunders. So I think it's it's still early days yet, uh, but it's an opportunity to like get down into the nitty gritty of policy this time around. Okay, I want to be able to get to some other topics. So very quick thoughts, John Burnside, because I see if Olivia Chow gets in, she and Josh Matlow cancel each other out. Mark Saunders wins. Um, yeah, I think, though, I think Olivia Chow and Mark Saunders are both very flawed candidates. They've both run in previous elections. And in my opinion, they were both disastrous. Okay, Matt Gurney? I don't know if Mark Saunders would have the political name recognition for his previous runs to, to go against him here. I think when people think of him, they would still think of him as chief of police, and that might be something that does suit him right now. John, as you've already said, and Sabrina alluded to this too, it's terrible to say so, but right now, someone with a law and order background might have an advantage. As for Olivia Chow, and I don't mean this as, as any way a knock on her personally here, but I, I think I would agree with the counselor here, and not just about Chow. I would prefer to see as few long semi-retired politicians throwing their hats into this ring as possible here cities moved on new challenges we don't need to rehold uh, mayoral campaigns from 10 years ago um, we talked to Dr. Michael Warner earlier on the show, and he was pointing out the many reasons why people don't have an OHIP card or don't necessarily even qualify, but he was decrying the end of a government program to actually continue to pay their bills. Um, Matt, I'll start with you on this one. He makes a compelling case about, you know, somebody with a disability who can't get to a service Ontario office. But at the same time, um, you know, there must be a means by which people can hide themselves to an office and get it done. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Or the fact that, you know, there are, could easily be a system. We'd have to try to figure this out. But we would need to work harder to go to these people. Like, we have got to be adaptable, particularly as we look at a society that will have people with disabilities, but also simply people who are aging in place, right? Like, we need to do better at making sure people have access to the full range of services they're owed and that they are entitled to. They are entitled to their entitlements, as the old saying goes. That's on us. Like, we have to figure out how to make that 
that possible here? I think that's a very different issue from what we're actually talking about here. Uh, to, to your point, John, the issue here is not trying to deny health care to people who have some sort of physical barrier between themselves and a no-hip card. It's making sure people accessing Ontario Provincial Services are residents here and are actually qualified to receive them. Everybody supports that, I think. It's just going to be figuring out those really complicated and awkward edge cases in the middle. That's where the problem here will come. Yeah, Sabrina, I hate to be a hard ass, but if you're a foreign student who neglected to buy insurance and then you go skiing and break your leg, then, okay, well, then you kind of made your own bed. Yeah, I, I think it wasn't so surprising that this got wound down. I mean, it was a COVID-prompted temporary measure to begin with. I think, you know, maybe releasing it on a Friday afternoon, <laughs> the typical news dump when you don't want so much uh, coverage on it, uh, you, you know, obviously goes to show you that the Ford government knows that this backlash was coming. And so for me, um, it was disappointing that they didn't wind it down without, uh, you know, some policy changes to improvements about some of these issues that we're talking about here. You you know, how can we um, make sure these people who are not covered for whatever reason can get covered, you know, if if they are eligible. And so I think kind of just winding it down without any, uh, you know, show of how this program has helped over the last couple of years and any policy changes based on that was was a disappointment. John Burns, that last word. Uh, quickly applaud the Ford government on this one. I hate backdoor policy changes. If you want to change the policy, change the policy. But the funding was there temporarily. Last thing I'll say, unfortunately, with health care, it's a zero sum situation. You give more to one, you're taking away from another. Thank you, sir. Thank you all. Matt Gurney, John Burnside, and Sabrina Nanji. Catch the round table. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.